Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. All right. The country's gone crazy, or I should say Washington's going crazy. First, I want to make a comment to the media in this country. You're causing a lot of damage. You already have, and you are now. You did the last four years, the last five years, and you're doing it now. Let me, let me tell you folks something. When you're sitting in my position, the third biggest host in the country, and you are a passionate defender of the Constitution of the United States, in all respects, you're not a right-winger. You have never preached violence. You don't preach revolution, but you insist on compliance with the Constitution. You're targeted. You're attacked. There were serious issues in this election. The same media that spent two, three years on Russia collusion and lying all about it, there were serious issues in this election. I never chased down all the fraud issues and so forth. There were constitutional issues, legitimate concerns about who makes state law when it comes to the electors in a variety of states. And the Democrat Party went into these states and they changed the, the rules of the law. That's not a fabrication. That's not an incitement. That's a fact. And if Republicans ever hope to win the presidency again, they're going to have to fix this. The state legislatures are going to have to stand up and enforce the federal constitution. The mere fact that I explain this over and over again apparently makes me a a right-winger. 
Now, the only reason you're called a right-winger is to give the impression that maybe you're a fascist, or worse, a Hitlerian. And it's a very irresponsible, immoral thing to keep saying about somebody, not just me, but other people. And the goal here is to prevent me from speaking. Speaking, not inciting, speaking. We've had two articles in a row in the Washington Post that have been lies. The last one, by Paul Farhi, is wrong. And they have yet to print a correction. And so it is still out there, circulating everywhere. And the Washington Post refuses to print a correction. I never received a memo from Cumulus. Because I don't inspire or incite anyone or anything. If they're nuts out there and kooks out there, I can't control that. But this pattern by the Washington Post, the New York Times, and the others, they're playing with fire. And what do I mean by that? There are crazy people out there. And the more you try and dehumanize somebody you disagree with, with right-winger caricatures, or other things that are simply not true. The more you you create a caricature, the more you dehumanize somebody, well, the more they get threatened. In other words, you're creating an, a dangerous environment for them and their family. And so I'm telling the media in this country, you're conducting yourself in an irresponsible way. All violence should be condemned. All of it. All of it must be condemned. And I don't think that's a controversial position. At all. All efforts at destroying free speech in this country, I'm not talking about the First Amendment, I'm talking about free speech, should be condemned. Condemned. And it's not. We have the biggest, most threatening, monopolistic activity taking place right now. Against a small social site that was, quote-unquote, competing with Twitter. And all of Twitter's allies in the Silicon Valley have teamed up to destroy Parler. Parler can't find a platform. It used to be that we would all object to this. To the attack on speech like this. But it hasn't occurred. In fact, the Post, the New York Times, and the others have participated in this. They are purging and cleansing their own editorial pages, their own op-ed pages, their own news pages. As Barry Weiss had written when she resigned from the New York Times. But you can see it. There's not a voice anywhere in these news conglomerates that are promoting the First Amendment and speech. But forget about the First Amendment, just speech. We don't push for closing down speech here. And then you look at what's going on on Capitol Hill. It's a circus. If the Vice President doesn't 
pursue the 25th Amendment, then we will impeach the president. The 25th Amendment is not relevant here, period. And so you're going to impeach the president with what Jonathan Turley calls a snap impeachment? It's amazing to me. There's an article now in the New York Times, repeated elsewhere, in Fox News, Mitch McConnell believes Trump committed impeachable offenses, supports Democrats' impeachment efforts. Now, this wouldn't be in the New York Times or anywhere else if Mitch McConnell hadn't leaked it. So Mitch McConnell wants Donald Trump impeached. It's shocking. And the piece goes on to say what Mitch McConnell wants is to be rid of Trump and his movement. Mitch McConnell went to war with the Tea Party also. Mitch McConnell was for Gerald Ford against Ronald Reagan also. He was against the Reagan Revolution, the Tea Party movement, the Trump Revolution. Mitch McConnell. Why do you think Mitch McConnell almost never gets bad press in the Washington Post or the New York Times? Oh, now and then when he's in a skirmish with Nancy Pelosi. But they never try and take the guy down. They write more horrible things about me than they do him. Because he's a leaker and he's a player. Liz Cheney put out a statement that was utterly false. She's going to vote for impeachment because, and I paraphrase, Donald Trump brought the mob, he organized the mob, and he let loose the mob. But Donald Trump did not organize this event. He didn't organize it at all. He showed up and he spoke. And we have a former prosecutor from Washington, D.C., who's been on Fox and elsewhere saying, I reviewed what he said, and I have prosecuted people for inciting riots. The president did not incite violence. I looked at what the president said. The president did not incite violence. Jonathan Turley, liberal Democrat, professor, George Washington Law School, he looked at it. He did not incite violence. Alan Dershowitz looked at it. He did not incite. But anything we say doesn't matter. You know why? This is the French Revolution. In effect, it doesn't matter. It's an amazing thing to watch the Constitution being used in unconstitutional ways. You're going to have an impeachment without an investigation. You're going to violate every single process that's been in place for every single impeachment up to now. Because the president, they say, incited an insurrection. The President of the United States just signed a document, I think it was yesterday, to allow up to 15,000 National Guard to be in Washington, D.C. during Joe Biden's inauguration. And by the way, I remember during his inauguration, wasn't there a riot, Mr. Producer? Two or three hundred people arrested? Cars burning? This is what I mean. You have to be consistent and moral. You have to denounce violence, period. And I don't think there were any National Guard there either. Now what happened at the Capitol building is an utter and complete disgrace. It is an utter and complete disgrace. And people are angry and they ought to be angry. And I might add, proudly, that it looks like the FBI and all federal law enforcement assisted by you, the American people, are really hunting down the perpetrators, which is exactly what we talked about here. Don't paint with a broad brush. Don't attack 74, 75 million people. 74, 75 million people didn't do this. And most of us are disgusted by it. But when you lay siege to the Capitol building, or siege to the White House, or a federal courthouse, 
Yes. You're attacking our government. Now, when I wrote the Liberty Amendments, I endorsed something called Convention of States. I still endorse this. And why do I say that? It is a constitutional, civil, legitimate way under our system to affect change, and change in a way where we get back to our constitutionalism. A legitimate way. The process that's set up by the framers of the Constitution. There's nothing radical about it. What's radical is what Chuck Schumer is proposing. What's radical is what Nancy Pelosi is doing. But to see Mitch McConnell and Liz Cheney to support, again, an impeachment that is unconstitutional, that is extraordinarily dangerous, because it empowers Congress now, really, for anything or any time or any way to impeach a president, and to have the Republican leader in the Senate, the Republican leader in the Senate, to support impeachment is really shocking. And here's another piece from Fox News, Morgan Phillips. GOP leadership will not lobby members to vote against President Trump's impeachment, two House Republican leadership sources said. This is a conscious vote for the members. I don't believe it'll be whipped, one senior Republican aide said. Nevertheless, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has said in a letter to GOP House members that he opposes impeaching the president. He said doing so would further divide the country in the wake of the attack on the Capitol last week and proposed other ways the House could respond. So what's been accomplished here is what will be written in the history books, I'm afraid, is that Donald Trump incited an insurrection. And only the really brave Republicans, righteous, moral Republicans, stood up against him. And then we got to destroy Ted Cruz, and we have to destroy Howley, and anybody else in the House, 139 members, and anybody else in the Senate who dared to say, wait, maybe we need a commission to look at this vote. No. So the Democrats for years went on about Russia collusion, that Trump's an illegitimate president. George W. Bush was an illegitimate president. Remember that? After Florida? That's fine, right? No, it's not fine. I'll be right back. in. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. 
Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Yeah, it's amazing. No sooner do I speak. So a guy was indicted. This, his name is Lonnie Kaufman. We've never heard of him here. I've never heard of him in my life. And in the uh, Bill of Particulars and in the indictment, they have some evidence indicating how dangerous the man is. And I want you to see how John Cruzel, is he with the uh, Hill newspaper, Mr. Producer? I want, I want to show you how this guy endangers people's lives. He writes, breaking, chilling new details on Lonnie Kaufman, the man arrested for bringing explosives and guns to the Capitol. Police found a note containing a list of bad guys, including a judge, and good guys, and contact information for right-wing pundits Mark Levin, Hannity, and Senator Ted Cruz. All right. I went back and looked at this indictment. There is no good guys list. He scribbled names and public numbers on the front of a notebook. He scribbles my name, Hannity's name, and Cruz's name. He scribbles down one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one, which I tell 14 people about every evening. And he scribbles, the, I guess, the phone numbers for Hannity and Cruz. These aren't personal numbers or anything of the sort. And I went back and I looked at the charges against this guy doesn't say good guys list. He calls the judge a bad guy. There's no good guys list. I honestly don't know if he's a kook that listens or if I'm a target of this guy. I have no idea. But there was no good guys list. It's written, I'm looking at it now, it's written on the cover of it looks like a, a Motel 6 book of some kind, magazine of some kind, in pencil. So what does that mean? I have no idea what that means. Good guys list. So what's the purpose of doing that? To enrage more people against Cruz and Hannity and me. And I don't have the foggiest idea what's going on. Neither does he. I just went back and read the indictment on this as it relates to this example. I don't know if I'm on a hit list, but it says nothing about a good guy's list. Over time, we'll know. But in addition to the 99.99% of the wonderful people who listen to this program, there are nut jobs. Just as there are nut jobs who listen to Bernie Sanders and go to a baseball park in Alexandria, Virginia, and shoot congressmen. So I don't know what this John Cruzel at the Hill newspaper is up to. But I suspect others will do exactly what he did. Shameful and dangerous. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. So that fellow writes for the Hill newspaper, right, Mr. Producer? Well, the Hill newspaper needs to publish a correction immediately. Mr. Finkelstein, he's the owner-publisher. They need to publish a correction immediately. And it's time that reporters report the facts. One story after another. I wasn't on a good list. I mean, I just went back and looked in the indictment again. In the exhibit. Why would you say that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The repercussions for my family and me are problematic. But the media, completely out of control. There's a great American who passed away last evening or yesterday, Sheldon Adelson. Sheldon Adelson and his wife Miriam were probably the greatest philanthropists in this country. But they don't and didn't tout their charitable donations like some wealthy people do. They didn't insist that their names be on top of every single contribution they ever made. I'll give you an example of who these people are. When the casinos were shut down for months, really half a year, even longer, in Las Vegas, because it's a casino magnate, he insisted on paying all of his employees their full salaries, continue to uh, contribute to their pensions, and contribute to, and continue to give them full medical coverage. Because he said that's what his father would have wanted him to do. He grew up dirt poor. When he was a young teenager, he had a newspaper route. Served in the military. And he built a fortune of approximately $25 billion dollars. He's the American dream. And he and his wife have been spectacularly philanthropic in very quiet ways. And they love this country, and he loved this country. He was perhaps the biggest supporter 
of constitutionalism, of the Republican Party, of the Trump presidency, of anybody else. He saw the dangers of the progressive movement. He saw what could unravel what you see in front of your eyes. And he worked very, very hard on the American-Israel relationship. Miriam Adelson was born in Israel. And Sheldon Adelson believed strongly, as did Miriam and does Miriam, in the history of that country, of Jerusalem, of Hebron, and so many other magnificent parts of Israel when you look at the Bible. And uh, his wife Miriam wrote an absolutely beautiful, I don't know what you call it, statement, essay about her husband. That he's utterly irreplaceable. And how he was the love of her life. And what a team they were. And uh, unfortunately he passed away. And some people are irreplaceable. So I wanted to mention that. And so uh, people really are, uh, who, who knew him, my wife and I got to meet him on, on a few social occasions, but got to know him. That's how easy he was to talk to him, Miriam too. Nice as can be. You wouldn't know that this was a man of enormous wealth and just down to earth, a very caring human being. And he will be sorely missed by two countries and certainly by his family. I just saw a little snippet of coverage of him on TV and basically all they talked about was his political donation. So they never understood the man and they still don't understand the man. All right, back to the uh, back to the gutter. Democrats are eyeing punishing Republicans who challenged Biden's win. So, in addition to Liz Cheney, in addition to Mitch McConnell, you can see you can see the 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 almost glee through their anger, if you will, of the old guard. McConnell's the old guard. In '76, he opposed Reagan. He backed Ford. He opposed the Tea Party. He opposed the Trump presidency. He's backed heavily by the editorial page of the New York Times, writers at National Review about what a tremendous leader he is. Tremendous leader? No, I don't think so. Massive spending. Borders still wide open. Well, what about the president? The president had to fight them tooth and nail. Mitch McConnell can't even communicate with the American people. He has no, no ability to speak, really. So what he does when he runs for re-election is he pours millions and millions and millions of dollars into his campaigns. And frankly, he likely would have lost but for Donald Trump. In fact, most, many of these senators, if not most, who were up for re-election or election, would have lost. But for Trump. The House would never be as close as it is but for Trump. And despite... My saying so, and Jonathan Turley saying so, and Alan Dershowitz. I don't know these guys. I mean, they come at these conclusions on their own. 
that impeaching a president like this would do grave damage to our system of government, our constitutional system. The self-righteous among them beat their chests. Liz Cheney, who's always hated Trump because she strongly disagreed with his foreign policy. But Liz Cheney's foreign policy is irrational. I consider myself a hawk. Her foreign policy is irrational. The number three Republican in the House. And so you're going to see some of this take place in the House and in the Senate. You're going to see House members and Senators Republicans. Who are rightly going to say that they are furious with what took place at the Capitol. And are wrongly going to blame the President. And then are going to do further damage to the Constitution and to this country. Which is really on a powder keg. The country is on a powder keg. And when you have Biden out there, constant references to the Nazis and his surrogate media, constant references to the Nazis and so forth, it's just appalling. The bad guys should be punished, and punished aggressively and immediately, all of them, left, right, in between, period. And then we can have a debate over policy. Then we can have a debate over policy. But I'm not going to accept any moral preening from the left and the Democrat Party that tolerated violence over and over and over again. They gave bail to violent lawbreakers. They then painted their na- the organization's name on the streets, for God's sakes, who trashed the police officers and now have reversed roles and all of a sudden... No. Be consistent in your morality, ladies and gentlemen. Consistently opposed to violence. And embrace the Constitution. Is Chuck Schumer embracing the Constitution? Is Nancy Pelosi? No. Any of these two Democrat scholars who happen to be correct are saying they're going to do a lot of damage to our constitutional order. And you have a former prosecutor right out of Washington. I don't even know his political affiliation if he has any. saying, I used to prosecute these crimes against violent protesters. And there's nothing here. And when you listen again to what the president said with a sober mind, you'll see there was no incitement. There was the opposite. He told the crowd to be peaceful. Peaceful. And the war on, the war on Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. They were in the building. They never even spoke to the crowd. They were in the building. Raising legitimate concerns. All Cruz wanted to do is what they did in 1876. Have a commission, 10 days, let's take a look. No, 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 no. So he's to be destroyed for that. He's to be disbarred. The Democrats didn't talk that way when their members were objecting to electors in the past elections. And now we have the extension of this looking like the French Revolution. Off with anybody's head, whoever wore a MAGA hat, whoever attended a MAGA event, even if they were peaceful on Wednesday, we have a picture of them, we got to fire them. They weren't even close to the Capitol, but it wouldn't matter. The entire Republican Party now is to be disemboweled. 
by the corporatists who want to do business desperately with the communist Chinese. They're just desperate to do business with the communist Chinese. Then the old guard Republicans. They want to wash their hands of these 74 million people, the way they wanted to wash their hands of the Tea Party. You know, it's an amazing thing how the Democrats protect their base and how the Republicans attack their base. It's an amazing thing how they accept the narrative that all 74 million who voted for the president and them are somehow white supremacists or something. And these tech companies, all of them, all of them are in bed with a communist Chinese regime that is genocidal, that has concentration camps, and they don't give a damn. They just don't care. And now's their opportunity. I said it the other day. We're now having basically a social credit system the way they have in communist China. But it is being done for the left through their high-tech, big-tech companies. You're not getting grades. I bet the big tech companies have databases on everybody on what they like or dislike about what they posted. It doesn't concern, apparently, the media, civil libertarian groups. None of them are concerned. Because the ends justify the means. In the Daily Caller, which is an excellent site, they point out Joe Biden's ties to big tech. Joe Biden has hired at least 14 current or former executives from five major tech firms to serve as an administration or advise his transition team. The firms Apple, Google, Amazon, Twitter, Facebook have all clamped down this week on President Trump and Parler and, I might add, conservative groups and conservatives. And by the way, conservative groups and conservatives, they're not out there promoting violence. Conservatives have long expressed concern over Biden and Democrats' close ties to the major tech companies. And I will take it a step further. And their close ties to the communist Chinese. And this has a lot to do with it. Apple's top lobbyist is a longtime Biden advisor. Former executives from Twitter and Facebook are also joining the Biden White House. My God. In many ways, these big tech companies are state-run companies. Not mechanically, not in any overt legal way, but by a wink and a nod. They know what's expected of them, and they're doing it. We have never seen such an attack on speech in our country, ever. Ever. We have never seen such an attack on free this monopoly of big tech companies based in California for the most part pushing one ideological and party agenda and Mitch McConnell wants to impeach the president Liz Cheney wants to impeach the president but we have long memories I'll be right back in I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. So Democrats are eyeing punishing Republicans who challenge Biden's win. Why would you do that? What is this? So when counting electors, if some Republicans objected, they're to be punished? You see, you see the trampling that's going on by the United States Congress? Look, I understand they're upset. I don't blame them for being upset. I don't blame them for being upset that a mob stormed the, uh, stormed the Capitol building. Maybe there were hundreds of them. But there were hundreds of thousands of people there. We've had them call into this program. They didn't even know what was going on. They never got to the Capitol building. And so you ought not paint with a broad brush. But that's not even my point here. My point here is you're going to take retribution on colleagues who raise questions about the election, some of them very good questions, they didn't bring up Russia collusion, did they, Mr. Producer? No, I don't think so. Mitch McConnell supports impeachment? Even when he knows that will do grave damage to our constitutional system? Liz Cheney puts out a false statement as a never-Trumper knowing that if she succeeds, it'll do grave damage to our constitutional system. You don't rush impeachment. You don't rush trials. You don't do these sorts of things. And they're projecting their anger over the last four or five years against Trump. You can really see it now because they know he's leaving office. They're projecting their anger, their fury on Trump. And yet, in so many ways, it was the Democrats who sought to cripple this administration. And I won't go through the list of horribles. You know exactly what they are. Shocking horribles, as a matter of fact. Shocking. Led by the media. Russia collusion. And all the rest of it. And still, the things that are said on these so-called news platforms about the millions and millions, tens of millions of people who voted for this president. is unbelievable to me, outrageous to me. Now, one other thing. Donald Trump is leaving office. This effort to get him right before he leaves office to, to falsely project upon him an insurrection 
an insurrection when they can't point to a single word or sentence that he said. He didn't use the military, he didn't use the police. But that aside, this is done in fascistic and communist regimes. This is done in fascistic and communist regimes to get even, to punish, to eliminate. It's really very, very worrisome. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. It's telling that McConnell reportedly is saying that impeachment, whether they take it up in the Senate or not, and it seems impossible how they could take it up in the Senate. I'll explain that in a moment. Uh, that this will not only rid them of Trump, but rid them of the Trump movement. Donald Trump got almost 75 million votes. No Republicans ever come close to that. Ever. He got almost 12 million votes more than he got in 2016. He had long coattails. McConnell blames the losses in Georgia on Trump. He blamed the Tea Party for not winning enough Senate seats when they won Senate seats and won over 60 House seats as a result of the Tea Party rising in 2010. This is what he does. Now, can I be honest in part about this Georgia election? In addition to everything we've already discussed, those were two lousy candidates, don't you think, Mr. Producer? To be honest, Leffler and Purdue, they were like mannequins. They were lousy candidates. But all that aside, the system was changed in Georgia as it was in other states, and it was changed by Democrats through litigation and fiat. And so the outcome was affected by those changes, or the Democrats wouldn't have sought them or imposed them. I know the Washington Post doesn't want to hear this. I know the New York Times doesn't want to hear this, but who cares? This is a fact. And the Republican legislatures need to start acting appropriately and get their power back. That's the way it's supposed to work. But now we're seeing the promotion of the individuals who say they're voting for impeachment. They're becoming infamous or famous, depending on your viewpoint. Whereas those who are not, of course, get almost no attention. But what gets even less attention is the Constitution itself. Ladies and gentlemen, I have read as much as any human being can read over the last 40 years about the Constitutional Convention, the debates that took place, the delegates who attended, the delegates who attended and then didn't uh, attend the entire uh, session and so forth. I can tell you almost anything you want to know about what took place in Philadelphia. I can even tell you almost anything you want to know about what took place in these state conventions, because at least nine of them, there were pretty decent notes taken. 
Impeachment? Impeachment was debated. They didn't just come up with it. They debated the language for impeachment. They were very careful about what it was. They were very concerned also that Congress wouldn't have a control over a president so that the president would be blackmailed or operate at the behest of Congress. This is what I'm concerned about, Jonathan Turley's concerned about, Alan Dershowitz is concerned about, and serious people who understand the Constitution are concerned about. You can't just start impeaching presidents, certainly based on this, that you claim he committed an act of insurrection. It's one thing for the op-ed page and the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post and the New York Times or some jerk sitting behind their computer, former federal prosecutors or whatever, telling you what they think. It doesn't matter what they think. This is a horrific precedent. It's a horrific precedent. And I want you to think about something. There have always been marches and protests in Washington, D.C. Not violent. Some have, like Antifa and Black Lives Matter, when they charged the White House. When the president had to be taken to the bunker. When the Capitol building was attacked. That's a dark mark on our history, too, now. But there have always been marches, civil rights marches. There were marches by uh, veterans of, uh, of, the, of World War I, pension marches that turned violent. There were uh, women's suffrage marches, all kinds of marches. And as I pointed out the other day, where do people march? Do they march in place? No, they typically go to the Capitol building. So when the president said, peacefully go and tell your members of Congress and the Capitol... You know, what you think and that you don't think this is fair and so forth. That's not a quote-unquote dog whistle for violence. The word violence, attack, they never crossed his lips. Now you have this guy who's been indicted that had Molotov cocktails and God knows how many rounds and rifles. Writing notes to himself. I mean... That's not a typical MAGA person. There have been many, many MAGA rallies. There have been many, many events all over the country. They've all been peaceful. From one part of this country to the other. It's just very, very concerning to me what's happening here. And Republicans participating in it. They they think they're so self-righteous. They're not. And they continue to divide this country. And the media continue to divide this country. They try and take people out. I've asked the Washington Post now on the air, and this Paul Fari, will you correct your story? Cumulus never sent me a memo. The CEO of Westwood One, which is owned by Cumulus, who's my direct uh, boss, she even called me and said, no, it had nothing to do with you. Of course it had nothing to do with me. So why did the Washington Post put my picture in their article? And why was I the central figure in the article? And when they do this, they put a target on my back. And this isn't the first time. It's not the first time. There's a powder keg in this country. When I get behind this microphone and I talk about the Constitution and I apply it to what's taking place, when I fight for liberty and republicanism, little r, when I write about it, when I go on TV about it, it's not an effort at an insurrection for God's sakes. But what about them? 
See, I'm not an apologist for violence. I don't care what hat or t-shirt people are wearing for the 50th time. They are. Why don't they do stories on Andrew Cuomo? Who said, where is it written that protest has to be peaceful? Well, it's written in the First Amendment. But he's an utter idiot. Or MSNBC and CNN reporters are standing in front of fires and saying these are mostly peaceful protests. Where police are being beaten. And Joe Biden says nothing for months. Nothing. And Kamala Harris defends it. On Stephen Colbert's show. And even he was kind of shocked by it. And she contributes to bail for violent rioters. I don't know any conservative on radio or any conservative on television who would do such a thing for the people who are violent on Capitol Hill. Or have even defended them in any respect. Nor should they. I want you to listen to Tim Cook. He's the Apple CEO. And when you listen to him, I want you to keep something in mind. This man heads a massive, massive corporation, an international corporation. And an enormous part of its business, and its business model, is with a communist country, China, that has slave labor, that makes some of their products, and it's a regime that is killing people that is putting them in concentration camps that is a regime with forced abortions and sterilization where Muslims are being raped and re-educated and Tibetans the same thing where they have social credit scores of the kind now that The big tech is now imposing on us through the private data that you unwittingly gave to them. Me too. That's why I'm done with them. Now, in that context, I want you to listen to Tim Cook, Apple CEO, brought in on CBS This Morning today, okay? His company does business with a regime that is a mass killer regime and wants to overtake the United States economically, geographically, and militarily. And he is helping them if not directly, indirectly, because he's worried about the all-powerful buck. Cut seven, go. I think it's key that uh, people be held accountable for it. This is not something that should skate. This is something that we've got to be very serious about and understand, and, um, and then we need to move forward. Do you think the president, President Trump, should be held accountable for it when you said people should be held accountable? There's a whole discussion about that even as we sit here today. I think no one is above the law. I mean, that's a great thing about our country. No, you do think some people are above the law. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Kamala Harris, who encouraged Black Lives Matter and Antifa on television, Joe Biden, who didn't squelch but was taking place and didn't ask that it be squelched for the longest period of time. But worst of all, you don't think people should be held to account because you work with Xi, who is a ruthless communist dictator who is slaughtering people. So you're really in no position, Mr. Cook, to be giving moral lectures to anybody. Are you? And then you have colluded and conspired with other corporations to shut down Parler. Because you don't believe in free speech. You only believe in your own speech. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
49% of Americans say their top New Year's resolution is to save money in the next year. Well, let's check that box right now. When your family switches to Pure Talk from AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you could save over $800 a year. That's real money every single month right back in your pocket. And you don't have to sacrifice coverage either. Pure Talk is on the same network as one of those big carriers, but they charge you half. That's right. No gimmicks, no fluff added to your bills, which is why Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs. And how about this offer? Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you a penny. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. John McLaughlin is a great lobbyist, good friend, and uh, lobbyist. Polster, I meant. Sorry, I didn't mean to defame you, John. Uh, And you did a survey of what is uh, on the minds of the American people. What are their priorities? What did you find? Well, right now, well, we did a survey of battleground state voters, the people that decided the last election. And it was just conducted on Sunday and Monday. And it's 800 battleground voters, so it's a significant sample. And and it really shows how disconnected the Beltway is from the rest of the country. Now, granted, I'm the son of grandson of two New York City police officers, and we've got police in the family. And when I was young, I grew up, and my mother used to tell stories about when her dad got shot. But fortunately, he survived on the, on the job. But, uh, but, you know, when you see what's going on with the country in Washington, you know, the, the violence is abhorrent. So... When we ask these voters, you know, how do you think how important do you think that it is that President Trump leads uh, an orderly and peaceful transition to Joe Biden? They're saying 89 percent say it's important and 70 percent say very important. And the president has promised it. A lot of people don't know it because he's being censored. And then we also asked them, you know, as, as the Democrats are gunning up their impeachment again, we asked them, uh, knowing that he's going to be inaugurated and and that Pelosi wants to impeach the president in his last week in office. Do you think this is a, you know, it's a, no. Did we just lose John? And what their priorities are. Hold on, John. We just lost you. We got John, John, we lost about five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, You're back now. How many, let's, let's cut to the chase here. Do the people support impeachment now? No, 77, 23. They think we should be dealing with, the coronavirus and and getting the vaccines out to people and economic assistance and not dealing with impeachment. So it's a huge number. And uh, they think that the Democrats are playing politics 74 to 26. They think it's all politically motivated. And they think that Biden and Pelosi, by continuing to attack the president, they're making things worse rather than better, 65 to 35. So, what do you what do you uh, make of way, some of these uh, Republicans who are saying, you know, we have to do this? Uh, because the president uh, led an insurrection. First of all, that's bogus, utterly false. But what do you make of some of these Republicans? Well, the voters know better. And, and the reality is, when we ask voters if they're more or less likely to vote for a member of Congress who votes to impeach President Trump, 48% are saying less likely, only 36 more likely. And Trump voters, it's 80% less likely, and Republicans, 76. They don't want this. 
They think it's, I mean, Congress has a 72 disapproval rating. The president in this poll was 49 approved, down a couple points from maybe, you know, close to the election. But Rasmussen reports today had him at 48 nationally. So his base is solid, and they're looking and they're saying it's just politics. And the country is stressed. It's a powder okay. keg. It's McCon- McConnell says, apparently to the New York Times, uh, that he supports impeachment. And one of the reasons he supports impeachment is not just to be done with Trump, but be done with the Trump movement. Do you think that's wise? No, fat chance, because the Trump movement is the Republican Party. And it's people around the country that are worried about their jobs, they're worried about their health, they're worried about a lot of things other than Washington. And, um, you know, if that's what Republican leadership is saying, you know, they'll see Republicans not donating to the Republican committees. They'll see Republicans talking about primaries. And that's something that uh, those of us, I'm an old... I'm an older person, and I remember when I was in college working for Reagan, you know, the Rockefeller guys wouldn't let me go to uh, college Republican meetings up in mm-hmm. Albany, et cetera. And, and, and uh, you know, if you were a Reagan guy, you were ostracized. Reagan was going to blow up the world. He's a terrible person. He's too conservative. And uh, uh, supply-side economics weren't going to work. And you probably went through the same thing. And was, Absolutely. They, they were, they, it, was a, it was a bitter, bitter fight. And and as Jimmy Carter failed, Reagan won, and and we won the nomination, and we won the uh, election handily in a landslide. So I think if the inside the Beltway Republicans want to have a fight with President Trump, who they now see as a victim because of the censorship from Facebook and and Google and Twitter, I mean, they're saying, the voters in this poll say, if you can take away the president's right to free speech, you can take away the free speech of any American, 74% agrees with that. And 70% think that all those companies have too much power and they need to be regulated to protect our freedoms. Be- and before we're out of time, John, I-, I notice when these guys go back and run their one thing, then they come back to Washington and they're not. I see this with Sass. I see with McConnell. I see it with many of these Republicans couldn't have won without Trump's uh, long coattails and many of the House members, too. And uh, then the, and then they become Washington again. And what bothers me about this one here, and I agree with Turley and Dershowitz, this impeachment is being done in such a way that it violates the Constitution and creates a precedent, a very dangerous precedent going forward here, and nobody seems to give a damn. Right, and and I agree with you. It's like there was there were things that were done. I mean, I don't know why anybody in the Republican National Committee hasn't filed a, a complaint against Mark Zuckerberg's. Uh, uh, this nonprofit spent up to a half a billion dollars uh, on drop boxes and, you know, uh, un- unverified uh, mail-in ballots that were done with. But I'm not even access. talking about that now. I'm talking about the Constitution itself. We're watching the House of Representatives trample all over the precedent traditions, all over the Constitution to push impeachment. We've never seen anything like this before. We have a New York Times piece, among others, where Mitch McConnell has said to support it. Because he's angry with the president. Why? Because he hired his wife, uh, helped him get reelected. No, no, no. He blames him for this, uh, for this uh, attack on the Capitol building. I went through the president's speech again. Turley went through it. Dershowitz went through it. Uh, a fellow who was the main prosecutor of uh, protesters who incited riots, he went through it. And none of us see legal grounds for this. I, I, I would take, by the way, I agree with you 100%. I'm not as knowledgeable of, of, as the, about the Constitution as you are. But from what I read, 
there were a lot of unconstitutional things happening, what the president was doing peacefully, patriotically protesting within our rights. John, I have to go. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. of sanity in an insane world. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. It's amazing. All over the world, leaders of industrialized countries are condemning big tech in the United States for its attack on uh, free speech. You know, the thing about politics and the thing about life, whether people like it or not, it can swing in one direction, then it can swing in the next direction. I think in the end, big tech is sowing its own end. End. It's not going to be as big and as powerful as it is today, 10 years from now. Because they have now led the way in the most egregious attack on speech ever in the United States of America. And if we Americans support anything, it's free speech. And they can make excuses. Anybody can make excuses. Well, there's violence here, there's this there, that's there. Unfortunately, whether it's in movies or video games or books or on the streets, human beings aren't perfect. In fact, they're far from that. But speech is speech. And what big tech has done here is a grave attack on our constitutional system. We talk about the attack on Capitol Hill. Yes. They won't talk about the attack on the White House. But yes. They won't talk about the attack on the federal courthouse in Portland. But yes. This attack by big tech is a broad-based attack against many innocent people with whom these people disagree. Everybody being banned or censored on online is not a violent terrorist criminal who had charged or would charge the Capitol building. And of course the double standards are obvious. Black Lives Matter has free reign. The uh, Islamo-Nazi who runs Iran, he's had free reign. They buckled under any directive that's given to them by the genocidal communist regime in China. And that goes across the economy, all these frauds in these corporate uh, boardrooms. So there will be pushback one day, and there should be. They should be broken up into a thousand pieces. They have done grave damage to this country, and they are opportunists. They look for the opportunity to do it. The Democrats took over the government, and now they moved. They attacked. I also want to say to the Department of Justice, where I used to work at a very high level, the acting assistant, excuse me, the acting U.S. attorney had a press conference and he said, the Department of Justice to the rioters, you will be found. And there may be hundreds and hundreds of you, they said. This is a statement that should have been given also when our cities were burning. When the White House came under attack. When a federal courthouse in Portland came under attack, I didn't hear a single 
Department of Justice official, including any assistant, excuse me, any United States attorney or assistant United States attorney for that matter, put out that statement that you will be found. They never said that. They're also putting out a number to help the FBI. If you know anybody who who breached the Capitol building, which is fine by me. But they didn't put out a number in any of the other instances that I mentioned. You know, the the application of the law needs to be equal. Despite if you say, well, I've been a victim or we've been victim for 4,000 years or whatever, it doesn't matter. You either follow the law or you don't. There's no justification. So the Department of Justice says to D.C. rioters, you will be found, and they put out a number. They say no such thing to any other rioters, whether it was in New York or Portland or Seattle, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, you name the city. They never said that. And they should have said it. And they should have backed up their fellow law enforcement that's been creamed in these cities and by these city council and mayors. Creamed. And I'll say again what I said yesterday. It's interesting the Washington Post, the New York Times, and the rest of the media are not trashing law enforcement in Washington, D.C. It's interesting that they say there wasn't enough law enforcement, not enough National Guard. It's interesting they don't bring up systemic racism or white privilege in, the, uh, in law enforcement and in the National Guard. It's interesting they don't talk about defunding or cutting the funding for the Metropolitan Police Force or the Capitol Hill Police or, or the FBI or any of it. And I only bring this up live in and around the Capitol building are also very, very important. But they're not treated that way, in my view. And uh, things are going on outside our borders. While Nancy Pelosi's working on her second unconstitutional impeachment, while Mitch McConnell's going along with it, while tough guy Liz Cheney's out there putting out a false statement, and tough guy Kingsinger and some of the others are getting the attention that they demand, China's on the move. For all their talk about caring about national security, China's on the move. There was a tremendously important speech given today by the Secretary of State that none of you heard about. None of you. The intelligence has been released. And the intelligence shows that al-Qaeda's major foothold now is in Iran. And a letter that was found on Osama bin Laden has been released. And he's telling al-Qaeda that most of the material and strategic Support comes from Iran. Now, the Obama and Biden administrations had to know this. The intelligence committees in Congress had to know this when a deal was cut with that regime in which they received $150 billion in released funds and direct payments of almost $2 billion flown to them in an unmarked plane in the middle of the night, landed on the airport, and gave it to the mullahs. There's no discussion of the national security team Biden wants to bring in. They're talking about, we got to get them approved right away. Well, they didn't approve Trump's national security team right away. But for Biden, we got to do things fast. 
The man he wants to put as CIA director is being lauded throughout the media. Who is he? He's a man who went behind the backs of the media and worked secretly to get that Iran deal with the Iranians. He will now be the head of the CIA if Biden has his way. Virtually every individual in this national security team is weak on China, is weak on Iran, and strong in their opposition to the state of Israel. But we're supposed to hurry up and confirm them, don't you know? Because to do otherwise is to invite an insurrection. To do otherwise is to invite an attack by big media. To do otherwise, if you're a lawyer, is to invite an attack on your license. And an attack by the Washington Post and Wall Street Journal. The connection between the Democrats and the Chinese regime is just unbelievable. Barbara Boxer, remember her? She's a lobbyist for a company that has ties to the communist regime. You know, much like Biden's son. Do we forget that Biden's son is now facing criminal investigation? No, we've got to forget about that. Forget about that. Biden team launching push to confirm national security nominees ASAP. The head of the Department of Homeland Security under Donald Trump was acting. Acting for what, two years? Because they wouldn't confirm him, they wouldn't even take him up. But Politico says we have to hurry up and get Biden's national security team in there. Defense Secretary designate Lloyd Austin. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, disaster. Avril Haines, Director of National Intelligence, disaster. These are disasters. And we'll see how McConnell treats that. Homeland Security nominee, incredibly controversial, Alejandro Maracas. But we have to hurry up, you see, for the good of the nation in order to protect America. And here it is in Politico, another major event planned to protest Biden's presidency, the Million Militia March is planned for Inauguration Day. So we have to get that team, and they have nothing to do with it. I also want to, again, strongly, as I did yesterday, counsel you, if I may, encourage you, if I may, maybe the word is discourage you, from attending any of these inaugural events in Washington, D.C., any state capitol. Because the FBI says there's people there who are committed to violence. You don't want to be anywhere around it. In fact, isn't it better to boycott, just like so many Democrats did, the Trump inauguration? Isn't it better just to boycott it by shutting it off, TV and radio, and not paying any attention to it? That's what I'm going to do. You don't need to be there or be anywhere. Particularly if you're going to be sucked into this vortex. Stay away from the kooks, stay away from the nuts, whoever they are, wherever they come from, stay away from them. You want nothing to do with it. I want nothing to do with it. And the resistance in the media, remember that? I wrote about it in Unfreedom of the Press. The resistance to the Trump presidency. If I were to tell you today that I'm going to resist the Biden presidency, they would accuse me of mass murder, inciting riots and everything else. Wouldn't they, Mr. Producer? And yet I am going to resist every one of their damn policies if those policies are something I don't believe in. That's the nature of our system. Period. Period. And Kamala Harris, 
stirring the pot, stoking the flames in August in an interview with Stephen Colbert. And I've said this open, open to, uh, I've challenged a number of Republicans on Capitol Hill. Why aren't you planning to impeach her? They not dare do that. They'll get the Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley treatment. Only they can do that. It's amazing. Sticking to your New Year's resolution is a matter of making one right decision at a time. If you're looking to institute some healthy habits and improve your lifestyle this year, you need to check out Super Beats Heart Chews. Just two Super Beats Heart Chews per day give you the cardiovascular support and promote the heart-healthy energy you need to chase your goals. Super Beats Heart Chews combines non-GMO beets and clinically researched grape seed extract shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. When it comes to implementing healthy habits this year, adding Super Beats Heart Chews to your daily routine is an easy decision to make. And now you can get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews plus a free 30-day supply of their new delicious flavor, Super Grapes, with your first purchase by going to levinsbeats.com. That's all plural, one word. Levins, L-E-V-I-N-S, Beats, B-E-E-T-S, dot com. That's two free gifts valued over $50, only available at levinsbeats.com. That's levinsbeats.com. Before I take a break, there's a guy who is the co-founder of the Lincoln Project. What is his name? Weaver, Mr. Producer? John Weaver, I think his name is. And there's multiple stories now bouncing around. That if they're true, and I'm not an investigative reporter, that this guy's background and his conduct has been covered up by big media in this country. From the Associated Press, Reuters, the Washington Post, the New York Times, and others. There's a story in the American Greatness. There was a story at Red State. There have been stories elsewhere suggesting this individual has been involved in truly outrageous, if not illegal, conduct. I don't know this firsthand. Those stories are out there. Mr. Weaver, I want to invite you on the program publicly. I want to invite you on the program publicly to discuss these allegations so you can deny them. And this Lincoln Project is another cancer in our political society as it continues to run ads, trashing, trashing, trashing people, Trying to take down... I'm telling you, this is like uh, post-Russian Revolution, where they're taking down names of people, trying to destroy their lives, trying to destroy their livelihood, crushing any dissent. I'm talking about legitimate constitutional uh, dissent now, not violence. And they're crushing it. And unfortunately, there are reactions to things like this. The pendulum swings in one direction and then the next. And I keep warning the media, I keep warning big tech, I keep warning the Democrats, I keep warning some of these Republicans, why don't you cut it out? Because all you're doing is lighting fuses to a powder keg that already exists. Why don't you cut it out at the Washington Post and the New York Times and these other places? I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Forty-nine percent of Americans say their top New Year's resolution is to save money in the next year. Well, let's check that box right now. 
When your family switches to Pure Talk from AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you could save over $800 a year. That's real money every single month right back in your pocket. And you don't have to sacrifice coverage either. Pure Talk is on the same network as one of those big carriers, but they charge you half. That's right. No gimmicks, no fluff added to your bills, which is why Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs. And how about this offer? Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you a penny. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Now, in addition to crushing free speech, big tech, we now have individuals who work for the Washington Post and elsewhere talking about re-educating Trump supporters, deprogramming them, I guess re-education camps. So we have big tech destroying freedom of communication and speech. We have threats against Republicans who dare to question the election. We have threats against all Trump supporters, and now we have media supporting deprogramming efforts. Wait till you hear this one when we return. American financing is the lender you want on your side when it comes to buying a home. Whether you're looking for a starter home or you're ready to move up to something bigger, they've got you covered. From custom home loans to competitive interest rates and everything in between, you can trust them to find you the best deal. Because they've been helping people just like you for over 20 years, providing no-pressure lending experience. It's all about building relationships with these guys. They want to get to know you, get to know your goals and your budget. And this way they can design the perfect loan, customize it just for you. And you know what else? They don't charge up front or hidden fees either. So if a new home is on your agenda for 2021, be sure you call the lender who's on your side, and that's American Financing. 888-900-1828. 888-900-1828. That's 888-900-1828. Or you can apply online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Again, I want to discourage you from attending any of these inaugural events for the potential of violence. And I want to make something else as clear as I can. I always do, but I want to make it clear again. If you're part of some militia movement or QAnon, I don't even know what it is, or Proud Boys or any of the rest of it, I don't stand with you. I stand against you. If you're a constitutionalist and a conservative and you believe what's happening to this country is going to destroy it and you're extraordinarily concerned about it, then let us use the instrumentalities of government that was provided to us by the framers of the Constitution against this growing tyranny, whether it's big tech, whether it's in the media, or anywhere else. Now that takes a lot of work, but that's work we must do. We need to claw our way back into this game. These state legislatures need to stand up now 
and take back their authority, and they have the power to do it. And I've had enough of these Republicans who've been in Washington forever, like Mitch McConnell and so forth. And so we need to encourage a challenge against him. We need to do what we can do. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Eugene Robinson, he actually sits in the Pulitzer Prize Committee, was chairman, maybe still is. A morning Joe today. A morning Joe, if we wanted to get rid of incitement and division, that would be the first program moved to one in the morning. Truly be the morning Joe then. But here he is on the morning Joe show. I want you to listen very carefully to this. Hat tip, right scoop, cut eight, go. There are millions of Americans, uh, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who somehow need to be deprogrammed. They're, it, it, it's as if they, 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 they are members of a cult, the Trumpist cult, uh, and, and who have to be deprogrammed. Do you have any idea how we, <laughs> how we start that process? So let's stop there. And now he's talking to Nicole Hannah-Jones. She's the fraud, in my opinion, with the 1619 Project that has been challenged by Professor Wood and so many others. He's asking her, her, how to deprogram these mostly white Republican supporters of the president. Now, first, have you ever heard a journalist talk like this? Deprogramming, cracking down, cancel culture. Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley should be on the terrorist no-travel list for airlines, according to a Democrat congressman from Mississippi. They should be expelled or otherwise punished. And we count on the press to help us. The press is destroying us. And this is on MSNBC. Nicole Hannah-Jones, go. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm a journalist. I certainly um, don't know how we can stop people. I know we can look to history, though. Uh, what ultimately uh, breaks that power structure in the South is enforcing... What power structure in the South are we talking about? This has nothing to do with the power structure in the South. Go ahead has to be consequences. Uh, and then once you get those consequences, I think then people have to take a second look at their actions and they have to be much more uh, afraid 
to do the types of kind of violence that we saw. Okay, okay, okay. So here we go. All of you are violent. All of you are on Capitol Hill. All of you must approve of it. All of you are white. All of you are Republicans. It's that simple. They never had this discussion about Antifa and Black Lives Matter. I'm so worn out from this, you have no idea. These are newsrooms. Go ahead. Week, uh, last week, the violence that we've seen building, you know, with what happened in Michigan, the violence that's being threatening now. How about the violence in Minneapolis or Portland or Seattle or New York or Philadelphia? Hmm? I want to remind you, these same corporations that are now cutting any funding to the Republican Party, many of them gave millions to Black Lives Matter. There's a lot of lessons to remember here that these corporations are not aligned with constitutionalists or conservatives, okay? They're aligned with the socialists and the Marxists. Never forget that. And in many of these fascistic regimes throughout our history, corporatists have done extremely well. Extremely well. And so now we have on MSNBC, the sister network of NBC, all owned by Comcast, which you fund, talking about deprogramming almost all white, almost all Republicans who supported Donald Trump, the Trump cult. Let me tell you what's happening. The Republican Party is destroying itself because of Mitch McConnell and Adam Kingsinger. It's one thing to take a principled stand, but you're not taking a principled stand. These are establishment Republicans who will not draw the support of working blue-collar and union Americans all over this country. They will not. They will go down defeat, and they'll go down to defeat happily. They are not a, uh, a serious uh, political force against what we're facing here. That's number one. Number two, the attitude which you just heard predates the storming of the Capitol building. Okay? These people believe this, and many of them said this prior to the time the Capitol building was breached. You understand what I'm saying, Mr. Producer? Well before. And I wrote about it in Unfreedom of the Press. About your deprogramming or quote-unquote re-education. Michelle Obama announces that Twitter and the other big tech sites should ban Trump for life, and that's exactly what they do. They're taking orders. And during the election, they took sides. And what the big media did, and what the big tech did during the course of our election, and since, is and would be denounced if any third world backwater country did the same thing. And as a matter of fact, it's been in the media, Twitter put out a statement condemning the Ugandan government today for censoring the Internet. Do you believe that, Mr. Producer? Now, if you think Eugene Robinson and Nicole Hannah-Jones are unique in what they believe, you'd be wrong. Joe Biden announced today, when it comes to immigration policy, he's going to have certain former, at that point, Trump officials criminally investigated to determine whether any of them should be indicted. We don't do that in this country. We don't impeach people after they leave office. 
We don't hold impeachment trials after they leave office. We don't criminally investigate them because we have policy differences from them. I wish former federal prosecutors would talk up about this and show a little bit of energy when it comes to this. They are creating a precedent that they're going to regret one day. And same with big media. And same with big tech. Now, we just received or saw a letter that was sent by the Vice President of the United States to Nancy Pelosi. The one mistake here he has is the Honorable Nancy Pelosi. She's hardly that. But nonetheless, he writes, Every American was shocked and saddened by the attack on our nation's capital last week. I'm grateful for the leadership that you and other congressional leaders provided in reconvening Congress to complete the people's business on the very same day. It was a moment that demonstrated to the American people the unity that is still possible in Congress when it is needed most. But now, with just eight days left in the President's term, you and the Democrat caucus are demanding that the Cabinet and I invoke the 25th Amendment. I do not believe that such a course of action is in the best interest of our nation or consistent with our Constitution. Last week, I did not yield to pressure to exert power beyond my constitutional authority to determine the outcome of the election, and I will not now yield to efforts in the House of Representatives to play political games at a time so serious in the life of our nation. It's a good, powerful letter. As you know full well, the 25th Amendment was designed to address presidential incapacity or disability. Just a few months ago, when you introduced legislation to create a 25th Amendment commission, you said, quote, a president's fitness for office must be determined by science and facts, unquote. You said then that we must be, quote, very respectful of not making a judgment on the basis of a comment or behavior that we must, uh, excuse me, or behavior that we don't like, but based on medical decisions, unquote. Madam Speaker, you were right. Under our Constitution, the 25th Amendment is not a means of punishment or usurpation. Invoking the 25th Amendment in such a manner would set a terrible precedent. After the horrific events of this last week, our administration's energy is directed to ensuring an orderly transition. The Bible says that for everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to heal and a time to build up. That time is now, in the midst of a global pandemic, economic hardship for millions of Americans, and the tragic events of January 6th, now is the time for us to come together. Now is the time to heal. I urge you and every member of Congress to avoid actions that would further divide and inflame the passions of the moment. Work with us to lower the temperature and unite our country as we prepare to inaugurate President-elect Joe Biden as the next President of the United States. Pledge to you that I will continue to do my part to work in good faith with the incoming administration to ensure an orderly transition of power. So help me God. Sincerely, Mike Pence, Vice President. Well, she won't listen to you, Mike, because she's irrational. And if there were true justice, even political justice, she would have been expelled years ago. They took over the majority and they went right after Trump for impeachment. And they're doing it again. So, when they talk about deprogramming, they're the zombies. 
What was done to Donald Trump when he was a candidate has never been done to any candidate in the history of this country. Spies sent into his campaign by the Obama administration. The abuse of the FISA court. Money spent to create a false dossier that was used as a pretext for a criminal investigation. Lie after lie about Russia collusion that the top officials in the Obama administration went under oath and in secret admitted they had no evidence whatsoever. None. Endless leaks to the media and media prodding over and over and over again that some misbehavior had taken place. References to the president as mentally unhinged, as a Nazi, as Hitler, as Stalin, as Mussolini, as a dictator. In bed with Putin when he put the strongest sanctions on Putin of any president. He's put sanctions on Russia in my lifetime. They never gave this man a chance. They never gave him a chance. Now we're being told, lie down and roll over for Joe Biden and his administration. Quickly confirm anybody he wants, no matter how notorious or extreme. Support unity in the country, as long as that unity means the Schumer plan of destroying the independence of the Supreme Court, packing the Senate, destroying the electoral system, and destroying the legislative system. If it means backing Nancy Pelosi, I notice that Kingsinger and Liz Cheney and the others have not spoken out against Pelosi in any strong and effective way in what she did the other day in changing the rules of the House that were in existence for 100 years to make it virtually impossible for the large number of Republicans in that new House to either offer legislation or offer amendments. No talk about Kamala Harris in August celebrating, even promoting, in my view, violence. Violent. Got that Washington Post and New York Times? Check out the Steve Colbert interview. Now, for everything I just told you, I come under attack. I don't care. The truth is the truth. The truth is the truth. Unbelievable. Now we're going to have re-education or deprogramming. That's what they want. We're going to have lists and lists of people who ever supported Donald Trump, worked for Donald Trump, wore a MAGA hat, wore a MAGA shirt. They're to be treated like second-class citizens from this day forward. We have Joe Biden talking about investigating existing officials in the administration so they can try and pin them with some criminal offense in the immigration area. By the way, there was an article out, I think it was a Breitbart, that pointed out that newly minted citizens or through chain migration, individuals who've come here, been naturalized and can vote, made the difference in Georgia. They made the difference in the vote in Georgia. I notice McConnell doesn't talk about that. And of course, we're not allowed to talk about that. You can't even raise it. I raised it. And this is why Joe Biden immediately wants to legalize 11 million people who are here illegally. But it's not 11 million, it's 20 million. Immediately. This is why he says he's going to end any further building of the wall on the border. Now why would you do that? So again, they intend to pack the citizenry with more and more Democrats. And the idea that this doesn't have an effect is a lie. It's had an effect in Georgia, Virginia, and other states. And that's the truth, too. 
I'll be right back. Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. By the way, Mr. Producer, how many of these people who committed violence had copies of the New York Times or Washington Post in their vans or cars? Do you know? Anybody know? I'm just curious. Don Lemon and uh, Fredo Cuomo, this is kind of funny, actually, hat tip twitchy last night about whether you can yell fire in a crowded theater. Cut 11, go. That is not censorship. That has nothing to do, nothing at all to do with the First Amendment. The First Amendment has to do with the Congress. It doesn't allow you, as the Supreme Court justice said, the First Amendment is not designed to allow you to scream fire in a crowded theater. Yeah. And that's that's, what this is. Well, that's, well, I don't know if it's the equivalent of that and that whole... Telling them to come down? You you can actually... Go after them? Don't let them certify? You know that you can actually scream fire in a crowded theater. That's a misnomer, but uh, we don't want to get into that. If you do, and then people get hurt... You're going to jail. Well, maybe. No, maybe. that's the law. That you, it doesn't allow I, you to do not, whatever you want. Not really you have a law. right to say Check whatever out, you want. That was overturned, too. That whole... Any, I don't want to get into that. because I'm it's too not far talking the about hate speech or what's protected. I what know, I'm saying is this. You I looked it up all day. Riot. That's not the crowd. The fire in the crowded theater is not a thing. It's a misnomer. Trust me. No, Check it, out. it was dicta from a Supreme Court case about the extent of what it protects okay, as yes. speech versus action. Yeah, okay. So here you have two idiots sounding stupid. If you can understand any of that, well, you're better than I am. You're better than I am. I have no idea what they're talking about, do you? No idea what they're talking about. Do they have any idea what they're talking about? No, they don't. Here is Stephen Dantonuo, Assistant Director in Charge of the Washington Field Office, FBI. Cut 14, go. To be clear... The brutality the American people watched with shock and disbelief on the 6th will not be tolerated by the FBI. The men and women of the FBI will leave no stone unturned in this investigation. Since these events, the FBI has worked hand-in-hand with the United States Attorney's Office and our law enforcement partners here in D.C. and across the country to arrest and charge multiple individuals who took part in the destruction. In six days, we have opened over 160 case files, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. The significance of this investigation is not lost on us. This is a 24-7, full-bore 
invest extensive operation into what happened that day. I'm all for this. It's happening under the Trump administration and the Trump Justice Department, I might remind you. My problem is none of this was done when they were laying siege to the White House. And they, I mean violent people. And none of this was done when they were laying siege to the courthouse in Portland, Oregon. If they were, we certainly didn't get any kind of announcement like this. And and I might add that law enforcement's being supported, certainly by us, certainly by me in this regard. And notice we're not calling them stormtroopers, Mr. Producer. Have you noticed that? We're not accusing them of racism. We're not accusing them of uh, systemic anything. We want law enforcement to get to the bottom of this. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Can we hear uh, Steve Donatano, the assistant director in charge of the Washington field office FBI again? Cut 14, go, please. To be clear, the brutality the American people watched with shock and disbelief on the 6th will not be tolerated by the FBI. The men and women of the FBI will leave no stone unturned in this investigation. Since these events, the FBI has worked hand-in-hand with the United States Attorney's Office and our law enforcement partners here in D.C. and across the country to arrest and charge multiple individuals who took part in the destruction. In six days, we have opened over 160 case files, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. The significance here's where I want here's where I want to stop. I like what he said, but he should have said more. He should have said, if you were there peacefully protesting, you have nothing to worry about. Because hundreds of thousands of people were. And there's a piece in the Wall Street Journal by Bill Ben-Gurion saying that he knows a lot of people who went there who were peaceful, who weren't even that close to the Capitol building. And they're scared to death. And they're scared to death that they're going to be pursued. They're scared to death now that they're going to lose their jobs because they dared to show up at the event. So what I would have liked to have seen from the assistant director in charge of the Washington field office, FBI, Stephen Dantano, is in addition to his correctly strong words for perpetrators, would also be words for those who were there peacefully protesting. And at least in this clip, which is almost a minute, I didn't hear that. We want to uphold the First Amendment, the right to assemble, the right to protest peacefully. And we want to break off from that 
the violators and the lawbreakers and treat them much differently. And that, I think, would have gone a long way in, uh, in underscoring both the importance of dealing with the criminality and the importance of respecting the peaceful protesting. I think that's a fair and important point, as a matter of fact. Alarming speed, the media and tech corporations fully embrace the concept of censorship. Peace in Red State by Brad Slager. It's a superb piece. CNN's Oliver Darcy is currently forwarding the idea that cable providers be forced to stop offering Fox News, One American News Network, and Newsmax on their channel packages. You know, this guy Oliver Darcy used to be a conservative. I didn't know him. Used to work, I think, for the original Blaze. But I guess uh, ambition and so forth, or uh, indoctrination, or whatever it is, maybe bumped his head. He's now a CNN uh, mouthpiece. So he believes now the pressure should be placed on cable providers like Comcast, which owns MSNBC and NBC, uh, to stop offering Fox News, One American News Network, Newsmax. Do you folks understand the fascism that's taking place here? Even the ideas? The re-education? The enemies lists? The expulsion of certain members of Congress? The elimination of competing cable programs. Is this not shocking to you? It's all coming from the left. It's all coming from the media. It's all coming from big tech. It's all coming from Democrats. All of it. It is shocking. One common practice of dictators, as is pointed out in Red State, be they of the tin pot or tin horn variety, is that they silence the outlets of political opposition. We've commonly seen third world autocrats shutting down newspapers and pulling the plug on television networks. Interesting then, who is proposing broad steps in this direction? So you have CNN and big media, among others. Independent journalists becoming targeted and silenced has been a common practice by political forces. Pretty dire then to see a journalist from Yahoo News, Alexander Nazarian, promoting a blacklist of other journalists, all who happen to be conservatives. At times where there have been uprising, draconian leaders have made efforts to dismantle the communication channels of the insurgents, as is written here at Red State. Using the very same methods, tech companies use the charge of fostering violent voices to justify targeting the social media site Parler. And one day, Amazon, Apple, and Google colluded to deplatform in a coordinated fashion. One consistent argument we're hearing is that this cannot be censorship as it almost exclusively is being done by private companies. This is in fact a playbook seen in totalitarian governments. The transfer of government services and control becomes something of a firewall against claims of oppression. How often and how consistent has Donald Trump, his administration, Republicans in general been described? methods. Who's employing these tactics today? Twitter's enjoying applause from many on the left after they took sweeping steps to have President Trump silenced entirely from its platform. At the same time, the platform has no problem allowing Chinese propaganda to operate. Not only do they permit the Chi-Coms to distribute their messaging unfettered, but this is also the same government entity that itself bans Twitter from operating within its country. So while a communist regime that limits and censors its own social media is allowed to operate, but the leader of our democracy is completely muzzled at the same time. Take a sober look at all the actions from the past four years. 
Charges of Trump being a totalitarian leader are used to support the actions taken, which are rather totalitarian in nature. We're in a strange vortex where platforms of expression are promoting the silencing of outlets. Journalists who bathe in the First Amendment are calling to have voices muted. And one political agenda is being enforced in the name of preserving democracy. And one's being destroyed. Think about that. It's unbelievable, really. Now, Ilhan Omar on MSNBC today. You see, there's absolutely no self-policing on these cable channels, MSNBC and CNN. No self-policing at the Washington Compost in New York. I'm looking now. People are sending me. The New York Times repeated exactly what Paul Fiery at the Washington Post said. I have since told them it's not true. Nobody's contacted me. And they keep lying. They keep repeating it. I guess Joe Biden would call that the big lie. They're like Goebbels then, right, Mr. Producer? To quote Joe Biden. Ilhan Omar on MSNBC today on impeaching Trump, joined by Liz Cheney and Adam Kingsinger. And McConnell, we've learned since, once Trump impeached too. I don't think these people understand that conservatives and Republicans are not going to forget this. They hang around with never-Trumpers. They talk among themselves. Some of them have been recently re-elected. They think they have a clear path. They do not. They do not. I will never support a Liz Cheney for anything. Cut 15, go. I know that some have um, likened uh, the the reaction that we are getting, obviously from the president um, and some of you know Democrats and and, and some of uh, Republicans in in Congress um, to someone saying, you know, if we if if we were to hold a murderer uh, or someone who's committed violence uh, accountable, there will be more. And to me, it is um, really. <laughs> The act having consequences for actions that act as a deterrent. Uh, we know that some have said he's learned his lesson. Some have also. God, I've had enough of her. So now, just keep in mind, she is a big time anti Semite. Big time. They couldn't even pass a resolution focused on her. And MSNBC is using her to discuss impeaching Trump when she should have been expelled from the House of Representatives. I just tell you. It's an amazing thing, and it is an awful thing to watch, the double standard in this country. It is, it is horrific. Horrific. Mike Pompeo was at the National Press Club today, and this man is fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. And I want you to listen to some of this about al-Qaeda and its new home base in Iran. And not a single news story has led with this. Not one. Cut 17. Go. Many of you here may recognize the name Abu Muhammad al-Masri, also known as Abdullah Ahmed Abdullah. He was al-Qaeda's worldwide number two and on the FBI's most wanted list for slaughtering members of our State Department family in the Kenya and Tanzania bombings of 1998. More than 200 people, including 12 Americans, lost their lives in those attacks. The New York Times reported in November that al-Masri was shot to death on the streets of Tehran. Today I can confirm for the first time his death on August 7th of last year. The Times wrote, quote, that he had been living in Iran was surprising 
given that Iran and al-Qaeda are bitter enemies, end of quote. It could not be more wrong. It wasn't surprising at all. And more importantly, they're not enemies. Al-Masri's presence inside Iran points to the reason that we're here today. It's what I want to talk about in these remarks. Al-Qaeda has a new home base. It is the Islamic Republic of Iran. As a result, bin Laden's wicked creation is poised to gain strength and capabilities. We ignore this Iran-Al-Qaeda nexus at our own peril. We need to acknowledge it. We must confront it. Indeed, we must defeat it. This is very, very important. Because to a man and a woman, the, uh, and that would include Biden and Kamala Harris, they want to reopen channels with Iran and bring back that outrageous nuclear deal. That outrageous nuclear deal. Cut 18, go. Indeed, everything changed in 2015, the same year that the Obama administration and the E3, France, Germany, and Britain, were in the middle of finalizing the JCPOA. A sea change was happening within the Iran-Al-Qaeda axis. Let me give you some information that is brand new to the public today. Iran decided to allow Al-Qaeda to establish a new operational headquarters on the condition that al-Qaeda operatives abide by the regime's rules governing al-Qaeda's stay inside of the country, agency, and control. Since 2015, Iran has also given al-Qaeda leaders greater freedom of movement inside of Iran under their supervision. The Iranian Ministry of Intelligence and Security and the IRGC have provided safe havens and logistical support, things like travel documents, ID cards, passports, that enable al-Qaeda activity. As a result of this assistance, al-Qaeda has centralized its leadership inside of Tehran. Ayman al-Zawahiri's deputies are there today. And frankly, they're living a normal al-Qaeda life. Al-Qaeda terrorists like Saif al-Adl and the now-dead Abu Muhammad al-Mashri have been able to place a new emphasis on global operations and plotting attacks all across the world. So Iran, he says later, is giving financial and material support to al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda's largest base is in Iran. Uh, The New York Times has gotten it wrong from day one, says they're bitter enemies. The New York Times is always wrong. Let's be honest. And the the, uh, secretary points out that this access between Iran and al-Qaeda threatens the progress of the Abraham Accords that was made during the Trump administration. You know, for all the talk about Trump, fomenting violence and so forth, I would remind everybody that that peace has broken out all over the Middle East as a result of President Trump. That Russia didn't invade a single country as a result of President Trump. I wish to remind you of this. And that in fact the President has backed law enforcement from day one where the Democrats and the media have trashed it. And no, the president did not incite an insurrection. He did not incite violence. And what the Republicans need to do on the floor of the House and the floor of the Senate to the extent they can is to demand that the Democrats or McConnell or Kingsinger or Cheney or whomever prove that the president did what they said he did rather than project 
and make allegations. What a disgrace. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Today is Rush Limbaugh's birthday. He's 70 years old. You know, it's amazing. Every time when it's my birthday, I get a little email from Rush. Happy birthday, Mark. He must have it on his calendar. It's a kind of tradition that started years ago. I don't know how, but that's the kind of guy he is. And I just want to say on behalf of millions of us, Rush, happy birthday, and may you have many more. And I hope today you had some joy. And, uh, and know that how many of us are, are, are with you every step of the way. And I mean that, many more. You never know, science is a remarkable thing. I've got a family member with a disability. Um, for which there is no um, no real good treatment. It can be very upsetting and depressing at times. And uh, Rush has been nothing but a friend to each and every one of us. He's a trusted voice. And man, he's withstood every form of attack. Every form of attack. Out to ruin the man, we will never allow him to be ruined. They have to come through 20 million of us first, don't they? But I want to wish him the happiest of happy birthdays. And, uh, and I hope he had a joyous day today. And I hope he has a joyous day tomorrow. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. We salute freedom, a truly free press, our constitution. Yes, and our capitalist system. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. Take care. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.